Today's episode of Warriors Plus Minus is brought to you by Robin Hood. With Robin Hood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting. Join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started right now with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply, so visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield, APY, or uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. The first ever Warriors plus minus of 2020. We begin by pouring out a little liquor for our homie Marquise Chris, who's no longer with us. Ethan, I, I'm told you've prepared opening statements. Yeah, you know, it's a sad day. Uh, he had that one dunk. Draymond Lob. Oh, oh, Chris Crush with the right hand. Draymond threw it behind him, and Chris had to reach way back. And then there was that block shot that one time. Oh, Marquise, Marquise Chris. Chris sending John Morant away. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure this will be some sort of trivia question. Uh, when Warriors fans are trying to prove that they're the real Warriors fans, and they'll go, who's this? I think he might be in one of those uniforms, Marcus. Yeah. Who else has been with the Warriors and, and been, like, wore number 32? Didn't Chris Taft wear number 32? I'm so bad with numbers. I, I I don't know. But it's funny when— I think Mikey Moore wore 32. No, I think he was 33. Oh, man, Mikey Moore. The Mikey Moore era was frustrating. It's always interesting to me when these guys were on the Warriors and we remember them from before the Warriors were great. But other people—I remember Dragonfly Jones was saying, I had no idea Nate Robinson was on the Warriors for any stretch of time. I must have blocked that out. Whereas the substitutes, baby. What you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a lot of memories of Nate Robinson. So the Warriors officially waived Marquise Chris, a move that a little surprises me a little bit because they liked him, they wanted him, they thought he was a good fit. Steve Kerr is on the record saying he sees a future with Marquise Chris for the Warriors, but I think they are. They're like, hey man, if it's meant to be, he'll resign with us in the off season, but. The important part for them was locking up Damian Lee. That was the most important. And I know the person who is co-hosting with me on this podcast absolutely agrees with that. He's been a Damian Lee writer for a while. By the way, Damian Lee, the new co-host of the podcast. Yeah, you wish. <laughs> You're not surprised that they put 
Damian Lee gave him a guaranteed contract. Are you surprised that Chris was the was the route to do it? Um, a little surprised. It, it, it makes sense though in terms of just fitting to position. They have too many bigs. They like some size. I like watching Chris's minutes more than Willie Colley Stein, but I can see them looking at it and saying that Colley Stein is a traditional center, so we're going to have to keep on with that and it was just a glut you know you, you have pascal who looks like a natural foreman with where the league is headed um just gumming up the offense at the three spot and so they needed to do something and right now in the nba the most valuable position it's wing it's wing now ideally a small forward size wing i think damian lee is more of a shooting guard size but he proved that he was an nba player and he earned this contract. And I think ultimately, if it's between those two guys, it's the right choice. It's the right choice to make Damian Lee uh, a more permanent part of the team. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I'd much rather see uh, Marquise Chris than Willie Cauley-Stein in those minutes. Uh, I, I do think, here's what I think it came down. I think it came down to a matter of control and rights. Yeah, And they just don't have any over Marquise Chris at the end of the year. If he plays well and somebody offers him $4 million, they would have lost him because they're not going to pay him $4 million. They would only kept him for the minimum, and, and they and had nothing. And this year doesn't matter. It doesn't it at all. Doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. matter. So yeah. I think it came down to that. It's surprising that they didn't make another move to clear a spot because, you know, if you keep him on the team and he finishes the year, maybe that's the kind of goodwill where he takes a two-year four million dollar deal or whatever it would be right they just kind of gave up on that but also if you're thinking Steph and Clay will be back next year and you got Draymond and you got like if you're back next year does Marquise Chris really change that I mean he's a no. player you'd like but I could see them saying I mean like what are we doing here <laughs> like, yeah are we really gonna act like this guy's gonna be a difference for us next year he's a player we like to have but if not yeah that's fine too because I, I the think he had back. his he had his moments, but he didn't set the world on fire. If he set the world on fire, it'd be a different situation. Hey, man, you can't be like talking ill at the at the the wake. I'm just like saying. it's got to be all high praise, all high be, praise. All, all You're high like, praise. yeah, I mean, he was kind of average. I liked watching him try to uh, straighten up and fly right because he knew that his NBA career, uh, that he was on the fringes and needed to get back. And it, it, was, it was funny to me because it seemed like he was, he was trying to keep, and this is a compliment. I, I just remember, uh, I, I remember he was just being so polite and it was like watching a Harrison Barnes interview early in Barnes's career. And then I made some comment in passing to nobody in particular about how cold the Biofreeze Center is aptly named by the way the Warriors practice facility and he just broke out of it and you know Kurt I can't I can't curse the way he's cursing but he just a stream of curses like it's so cold <laughs> it was like he was just so I, then, you, then, you, then you was like oh there there you are Marquise yes, <laughs> there's yes, a real person yes, you know yes. what's funny uh him and Kai Bowman uh regularly like mess with smiley each in the locker room oh. you know they like you know you know that kind of playful I'll beat you up and like one time they stared each other, smiled at each and Marquise Chris, I walk into the locker room after the game and they're just staring each other down like like they're about to, you know, like like they're about to fight, but it's all like yeah. in jest. But they just like messing with Smiley's each, right? They, that's what they do. Bowman and Marquise and, and Smiley's like all for it, right? <laughs> He's just like one of the guys, but they, they like messing with him. Uh, here's where I think Marquise Chris went wrong. He should have never accepted the number 32. I looked up all of the 32s and... 
some of these numbers is like, yeah, you probably should have known you were getting cut, buddy. <laughs> In fairness, how many numbers? How many numbers are good numbers in Warriors history? Facts, right? Twenty-three is a good one. Thirty-five. Marcus Derrickson, remember him from last year? I do. Thirty-two. Mikael Gladness, two thousand twelve. Brandon Wright was number thirty-two. I forgot oh, about wow, him. That's true. I forgot about him. Famous for. He's the one the Warriors traded Jason Richardson to get. I liked Brandon Wright. He was good. I think he was good. I feel like a more competent organization would have gotten more out of him. Absolutely. His no question. He shot 60% from the field. You should be able to do something with that. Dell Davis wore oh. 32. Ah. Towards the end of his career, Dell Davis came to the Warriors. Adam Keefe was 32. Oh, here's one. Joe Smith. <laughs> Were you born? You weren't even born, Ethan, for Joe Smith. But, what do you mean? Of you course were I was born. born. Were you born of in like 97? No, come on. Come on. Joe Smith cursed the number 32. Before that, 32 was all right. Rod Higgins, Tyrone Hill, Tellus Frank, Lester Connor, the Oakland native. Jerry Lucas wore 32. Cassie Russell, 32 was a good number until Joe Smith (laughs) (laughs) ruined it. (laughs) The number one pick in 1995. I'm trying not to say what's on my mind when you bring up Tyrone Hill. but Go ahead and get the shot off about his handsomeness. Go ahead. Well, but it's weird that he's known for that. I feel like we don't do that anymore, that we've stopped nah, Sam, about Sam Cassell. No, no, but that, Sam, for that. Cassell was the, Sam Cassell was the last one. Yeah. It seems like I'm he, glad we stopped judging dudes based on their looks. That's that's good. That's how I get a shot. It's a, <laughs> it's a mean thing to do. It's a you mean know what I'm saying? Like, shoot, I'm in the game now if you don't have to be hot. I do think, though, that that is an unacknowledged part when we talk about if guys are overrated or not as players. I think looking good, whether you are a man or a woman, does have an influence on your fame and how much people what like you, you. Is this your line about uh, this is why Steph is famous? <laughs> it's not. Is this, why, not, is this, why, this why Luca's taking over the world? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that Sam Cassell only got one all-star game, and it seemed like he deserved more. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this dude just called the all-star game a beauty contest. You are <laughs> wild. You are wild. You saying that's how David Lee got in? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's why he got. That's why he got the injury alternative. See, nobody wants. Nobody wants to discuss this because then you're getting into the uncomfortable territory of being the arbiter of it. But, but it here's the thing, happen. though. Here's the it's thing. Like, like here's the ugly, truth. Does ugly Michael Jordan? If Michael Jordan looked hideous, is he Michael Jordan to people? I don't think so. No, he's not Michael Jordan. Marketing people looks are a part of it. But here's the the part. Here's where I, here's where I differ from you a little bit with guys. It's kind of hard to tell who looks good as a guy like it's not universal like it is with women like you can look at a woman you'd be like yeah like no matter her race height creed size whatever you can look at a woman and be like yeah she's cute but with dudes sometimes i'll be like man that's a that's a weird looking dude my wife would be like he's cute and then i'm like what 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 are you talking about it can be confusing it yeah, can, I, I, I have how do we know who, like there are some universal kind of guys where you're like yeah that dude gets ladies but yeah nobody's nobody's no nobody's already like brad pitt uh whatever yeah um, those are there are some universal guys who everybody knows but those are few it's not like women where you just kind of know dudes i'd be like i had to ask my wife yo what do you think is he is he hot and she'll be like yeah he's cute remember- I, I just remember Janet Jackson on a talk show saying that Tony Soprano was was attractive, and then you know it made her her explanation made sense, but that's a far wider range. Yeah, my my wife said Russell Westbrook looks cute. I was like, that's surprising. 
<laughs> I didn't expect her to say that. <laughs> so that's surprising. That's I just surprising. didn't, you know, like I don't know, like I don't know how we would arbitrate that because it's just a little harder. Like I can see some people saying LeBron's not attractive. I can see some people yeah. saying he is, but like LeBron is not not like the classical universal. Like he couldn't play Ghost, you know what I'm saying? In Power, <laughs> who's like kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody I know like ghosts. And and David Lee could play Tommy. Absolutely, right? David Lee could play, David Lee could totally play Tommy. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if your theory holds up in that sense because some guys you just think there isn't like a classic universal handsomeness. Like handsome just comes in multiple yeah, no, ways. I'm, I'm with you that it's more subjective, but I still think that it's an unacknowledged part. I mean, let's do it then. Let's rank the hottest warriors oh, of yeah. all time. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, since you want to, since you want to go there, let's go. It's that season. It's that kind of season. I always wondered at ESPN. I always wondered what sort of conversation and controversy you, it would. Has somebody said like you put him in a commercial, or somebody's like, "Yeah, nah, I'll take him off." No, like, no, look or, at him. he's going to chase away the fans. Did, if they just did a rankings like that, I always wondered would this get clicks? Would there be a bunch of people clicking on it who wouldn't admit they were clicking on it for the the ranking of the most attractive players? You know, I, I always wondered what would happen. That reminds me of a story from back in the day. I don't even know if I should tell a story, which means it's probably perfect for a podcast. But uh, back in the day, as a beat writer, Sports Illustrated used to pay us to do polls. They would have this universal poll, and they would pay certain beat writers to go in a locker room and ask the questions, right? So I used to do this poll every year. And one year, the question was, who's the most handsome player in the NBA? <laughs> so I remember going around asking all these players that, and everybody said, uh, either they said me, like they said themselves, or they said somebody who is universally considered to be not attractive, right? Yeah, Tyrone <laughs> like, Hill. They, they, that, those were the two options. Or, oh, I'm sorry, the third option was, man, I ain't answering that, right? <laughs> that was the third option. Except one person answered the question. And it's one of those moments where you don't know that people hear you, right? You don't hear the yeah. conversation. And then when, once he gave the answer, everybody was like, it kind of got quiet. And then when he left the locker room, everybody was like, a few players came up to me like, oh, wait a second, wait a second. What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he said, when I asked him the question, he said, Jim Jackson. And the whole locker room stopped like... Like you, like you weren't supposed to answer the question. Yeah, you, know? you weren't supposed to give a real answer. Yeah, he gave a real. He was like, uh, "I'm gonna say Jim Jackson." And when he left the <laughs> locker room, they come up to me like, "Wait a second, what did he say?" I was like, "He said Jim." No, like, was he serious or was he joking? I'm like, "Nah, he thought about it and he gave the answer." <laughs> now, now, is there a reason? Because I know the name of the player in question. Is there a reason why you are not revealing it? Can I mean, I can reveal it because I, I, I feel like this guy is secure and who he was. It made sense for me. He's a very thoughtful person. And he's not from here, so I don't think he understood that stuff. But, he, was uh, on my, uh, he was on my flight to show. He's a super right nice now. guy. It was uh, Adonal Foyo. Adonal Foyo answered the question. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I expected Adonal Foyo to answer the question. They were just like, oh, my God, did he answer it? Did he really say that? <laughs> he, I was like, yes, he answered the question. Like, nah, you can't answer that question. You can't answer it. But he, like, thought it. Like, Adonal Foyo, that's who he was. He thought about it. Hmm, let me see. I'll probably have to say Jim Jackson. The player poll was supposed to be anonymous, which is why I didn't say it. Yeah, but well, you know, 
whatever. Oh, it's, it's a long time ago. limitations is what I'm sorry, Adonis, for you if you didn't want me to reveal that. I apologize, sir. Adonis a good dude. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, you know what? How you got us talking about looks. You're supposed to be talking about Marquise Chris and all that and, and all this. Uh, yeah. By well, the, the way, as far as hot hottest bad. Warriors, I will I will tell the the Warriors plus minus listener this. My wife absolutely loves Clay Thompson, and I was just like, "What? I mean, that's what? that's a uni- that's a universal thing." And he he also loves his dog. And nah, she don't that. care about the dog part. She just thinks Clay Thompson is attractive. She thinks mm. Clay Thompson is hot. Mm. So when she went to practice one time, and I was like, "I'm right, introduced you to Clay Thompson." He took a picture with her. He was very kind to her. He gave her a hug and all that, and took a picture with her. And I was like, "So." uh this means I get uh, <laughs> this means I get to thirst after Rihanna, right? Like, this is my past, <laughs> correct? <laughs> well, good luck with that, nah. I suppose. I just no, think that's weird. How that, who, who who does your wife think is hot? Because it clearly I'm ain't not, you. I mean, I clearly. Oh man, no. Let, I'm let's not let, let's call. No, let's no, text no, Allie no, then. No, I will text no, Allie right now. No, we are we are in a public medium, <laughs> sir. <laughs> This is why I don't do the podcast with her. This is why I crush That's my so wife's funny. In, incohate career. It's like I don't want I don't want all my business out. Ah, oh, get out of here! I don't. I did. I started with it. All the, all that insecurity dripping out of the show. I don't want to say who my wife thinks is attractive. It's not insecurity. Well, it is insecurity, but it's it's knowing where your insecurities are is the key to life. Of, I got you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work around that. And, and I would caution you. You know, do you, do you want caution people? me? I don't care. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Are they gonna get Clay to come to my house and steal my <laughs> wife? Like, yeah, what what, what could possibly what if, that was like a, what if that was a hashtag? And you know what? You know what? I'll bet you Clay can't do it. Now what? I'll bet he can't do it. Uh, and in the words of my father-in-law, I'll make it hard to come after me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Clay probably ain't going to listen to this podcast anyway. But no, it, look, I just think look. it's funny. I think it's funny. I think it's cute, right? But it's funny. It's just weird how that is worked out. And that's well, one of the things the that guy... I don't know. He's the guy who's most often talked about. I remember you putting me in an awkward spot where this drunk courtside club lady came up to us as we were waiting outside the locker room. And she was begging me to get her in the locker room so she could talk to Steph, right? Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, I remember it. Do you remember How did this? I put you in an awkward spot, though? I don't remember that. So I said, I, lady, I, they, they can't really do that. I'm sorry. And so we walk in the locker room, and then you go, you go up to Steph, and you go, "Hey, yeah, this drunk lady came up to Ethan, and she was trying to get in to talk to you." And I go, "Yeah, that's true." And then you go to Steph, and Ethan said, "Okay, but what you gonna do for me?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if we can have that on the podcast. That was more of a joke, though. That wasn't for real. <laughs> no, I know, but you put oh. me in that situation of having to go. No, that didn't happen. And you just sound guilty. It just sounds like you you were doing you were doing something. <laughs> that's what I that's what I do. <laughs> that's literally what I do. That's a window into how I operate. Let's talk some hoop. Are the Warriors done making moves? No, I agree with that. But I guess you're giving the proper window as to how to view it because it's not about right now. As much as Steve Kerr might be getting ejected and screaming at refs, I want to win these games. It's about what sets them up for next season. That's the prism through which to view the moves they're making currently. Yeah, and they're really having to decide right now who are the players they see doing that next season. And that's what Mm -hmm. makes it a little shocking because I do think they see Marquise Chris as somebody who could help next season. But he's literally playing the role now that he would play. 
and that's the part that makes him interesting to me. I think some of these guys are playing a role they will not play, and it's going to be interesting to see how they make that transition. We know Steve likes to keep people in their role, which is why Looney isn't starting, right? So it's like Marquise Chris was showing you exactly what he'll be able to do. But so, I mean, obviously also so is Damian Lee, right, showing you exactly what he'll be able to do. But some of these other guys are not. They're like Eric Pasco is playing in a role that he will not be playing. Yeah. So it's it's a little interesting. Not like he was on the block or anything like that, but it was just interesting that they chose to move on from a guy who like they can literally spot what he can do. But I don't want to get too derailed, but why couldn't Amari Spellman get more time? In the I think he's going. Uh, yeah, that's it's weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, weird. what was what was that? He came out on fire. They were getting. You know what it no is, man. It's defense. <laughs> Steve coaches defense. Like if you're playing defense, if you're making rotations, that's I mean, what Steve know, cares but about. That, but that, but that offense, man. I mean, just I mean, get... yeah. When you when you can't score, what's the point of playing defense? You're not holding people to fifty, unless you're playing the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I couldn't remember how many points he scored in the first half, but they were getting nothing going outside of him. And maybe that's one of the reasons they moved Chris because now they're short of big. They're gonna have to play Spellman more. Well, right. and also or they the, can play Smilagic more. Yeah, Smilagic who might be top four untradeable just because of the uh, the dynamics, the, the amount, the sunk cost that's already into him. Like they got to get something for him. That they hid him for two years, and that he's Kent Lacob's project. And, and they bought the pick. <laughs> they bought the pick, and they yeah they they got scared that they were going to uh, they, they they somebody was going to pick him, so they spent two picks. You know, and hey. To be fair, I've enjoyed Smiley Geach. I could see him validating Kent Lacob. I want to see more Geach. Throw him out there. Do you, though? Oh, I mean, yes, I do. do like, what, what does he get out of playing in this? Um, There's a reason reps. Steve doesn't want to play him, right? But do these reps count is the question that I have. How are these reps different than the reps in the G League where he'll get to, like, literally work on stuff? I think... You want to have a little bit of both. You want some G League where you can really expand and work on skills. And then you want to get your feet wet and start hitting some NBA three-pointers in an NBA game um, and just get adjust to the speed of it. I think it's all it's all for the good. Clearly, he could be playing right now and they're not playing him. So It's not like Jordan Poole came back from his G League stint looking like he was completely fixed. But he looked better. His shot didn't look better, but his game looked better. Yeah. He just looked under control. He, you're somebody who watches passing. Wasn't he passing really well Like yeah. when he came back? He was weirdly, in a way, I fault him for the way the Pistons game turned because he took uh, he took that, that oh, corner man, three. Oh, man, that corner three was so bad. But he was plus 19 in his minutes. See, G League. Now imagine if he just stayed down there and came back next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be... Shoot 0% and be a plus 1,000 on the season. So yeah. let's talk about the elephant in the room, right, which is they made the choice to keep Cauley Stein over Marquise Chris. Because for me, that's the guy where you say, all right, what is he going to give you in the future? Have you seen enough from Willie Cauley Stein to make the determination on him? Or do you need to see him with Steph, with Clay, and in a real system? Like, have you, yeah. have you been able to get what you got from him? They clearly are saying – we have not seen enough from him. We still think he can be something with Steph and, and Clay, and we want to hold on to that for next year. That's clearly the choice they're making. I mean, when they, is when they he even through. really finishing lobs? I don't know. I mean, look, it's a tough spot when there are no creators. That's when it gets worse for Willie Colley-Stein is when he's doing one of those fadeaway jump shots. Sometimes, man, he gets the ball in the post, and he's like – 
you know, like, oh, I'm about to hit this move. And he's like, all right, let's 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 do what I worked on, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, left, right, spin, pivot, elbow, and he's going through the steps. And then he ends up yeah. taking, like, the worst shot. Is like That is one of those things where there is a deliberateness. You know, it's like I didn't grow up doing a Euro step because people didn't do that when I was a kid. So now if I try a Euro step the whole time, it's, I am doing a Euro uh, yeah, step. so telegraphed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blup, blup, blup. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of people do Euro steps, though. Like yeah. it's not, it's definitely not but, as fluid. It's like language, you know. If, if you are growing up speaking a language, it's going to come out effortlessly. And if you learn it, you know, if we learn a language now, it will sound like I am doing a Euro step, just really bulky. That's just that's just how it goes. And you know, for a lot of his moves, they give off that they give off that sense. And Look, it's hard because at this point in the season, I'm almost watching more for aesthetics than I am for anything else. I just don't enjoy the minutes. I just don't enjoy watching it. Now, he has his moments. Sometimes he shows up defensively, but I don't know. He's if a I better shot share. blocker than I thought he was. Yeah. I, been, I don't know. He's been at the rim a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if I would share the same optimism as, as the team is, but at this point, you know, this is fringe of the roster stuff. It's hard to get too crazy about whether it's wrong or right. So tell me about your guy, Damian Lee, and mm. how do you see him fit moving forward? Can he supplant Glenn Robinson III as the starting three? <sighs> That's a good question because size-wise, he's, he's at a disadvantage. I, I remember like DeMar DeRozan in transition or semi-transition and just kind of going right right through him. Isn't right? it crazy how two inches makes that much of a difference, though? It's going to sound like the Warriors locker room when Donald Foyle's giving his opinions. Um, he, well, anyway, um, it is crazy, and maybe some of it's just knowing positioning him well. Oh, I get what you're saying. That was one of the moments where you're supposed to say pause. Yeah, but then that's oh, out of favor yeah. and like positive. That's so now. that's so childish to me. Like it is, it is very <laughs> childish. Like, what? But, very ch- but I am very childish. Um, yeah, it is crazy, and it does make a difference. And so I don't know if if Damian Lee can do that. But man, he's just so good off the ball. He goes just the motor off the ball and the idea of how to play angles. That's not a common NBA skill. You almost think it would be, but it's not. And I think that's something that can really help the offense. And I want to see more of him with his. I know he hates for us to bring it up, but I want to see more of him with his brother-in-law. I want Why to you couldn't the, just say Steph Curry right there? Why you got to be brother-in-law? You want to see more of him with Steph? I want to see more of him. Uh, <laughs> well, what's wrong with? Here's the thing. I know he wants to shed the label because people then assume that's the only reason why he's here. This is a podcast where we believe that Damian Lee is an NBA player. So we can say it, huh? So we can say it. Yeah, we're not like the others. We're not like the others who think he's just defined by this. I think we can say it because, hey, I was very early to the Damian Lee should be on the roster. And I think you were too. So we can do it. I don't think anybody was earlier than you, though, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was really, I like the off-ball stuff with him. I always like the off-ball stuff. I like shooting. I thought he should have gotten the nod over McKinney, even though McKinney brings things to the table as well. Here's what I like about him. Here's what I, I think this is critical, and if he can translate this, this is why I like, I always wanted Rodney Stuckey. This is why I really think they need to figure out a way to keep Alec Burks. But Damian Lee has some of that. You got to be able to get to the free throw line. Yeah, and he's he good at getting to foul. the free throw line. It seems it's pretty new, too. It's like his free Free throw rate is up to 31%, right? And that's high. Last year, Kevin Durant was 36%. Looney was next with 30%. 
There's nobody else that gets to the line with a free throw rate of 30%. It has like a weird flaily kind of out of control, in control thing that he does. And he does he does get fouled. He throws himself into the fray also to get rebounds. I think so. that's I think that's a bankable skill that is important. Steph's career high is the free throw rate of 35, but for his career is 23-7. Like you need, and he's got the ball a lot. You need somebody, especially off the bench. I think that's vital. You need somebody who can get to the line. That's how you stop a thirty to three run against Phoenix, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you stop teams from running away from you. At some point, you say, "All right, I'm getting to the rim, and I'm getting a layup, or I'm getting fouled." And they just don't have dudes who can do that enough. They just don't I, have it. I think it's an asset to the team. You have a guy who moves off the ball who uses screens and who can knock down shots. Um, not everybody has that. It's a really good thing to have off the bench, potentially. I know, you know, I, I don't think he'll play as much as I think he should because people wouldn't think so. Yeah. yeah, people wouldn't think so, but it, it, Steve Kerr hates players like Steve Kerr, <laughs> typically. Steve Kerr wasn't like Damian Lee. He's spot up. He wasn't moving around like that. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know Shooters what's going who don't on play there. defense, I got you. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I don't know what it is. Or did Steve It's self-hatred. He needs to yeah, work Steve that out. He ain't got a book for that. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks his entire career was him pulling the wool over, over the eyes of coaches. I think that's what Steve thinks, and that he was going to be found out at any point. By I, the I way, who leads the Warriors currently in free throw rate? Take a guess. Uh, Damian Lee. Nope. D'Angelo Russell. Marquise Chris. Marquise. Oh, wow. <laughs> Alec Burks, the second. You count Smiley. Yeah, I don't know why up. I said Russell. Russell doesn't get fouled. Alec Burks, Eric Paschal, then Damian Lee. I think I said it because. D'Angelo you know, Russell's way down there by Jordan Poole. Yeah, he's never he's never been a get fouled guy. How do you feel about his season so far, such as it's been? I think he's shown some things. I think he's shown some abilities that, you know, that you can bank on. His ability to pass, I think, is very underrated, and he's shown that he's a good passer. Now, you start putting him on the court with players who are good, who know how to move off the ball, it only highlights his passing. I Mostly, of all things, I really like his attitude. I really like how willing he is. I really like how he is just in it. He's not pouting. I mean, I don't know what he would have to pout about. He's getting all the shots and bit as he wants, but... He still is in it, and I can see him being okay with learning how to play off the ball, which is really the only way I think he could possibly fit is if he figures out how to be effective off the ball. You aren't seeing much of it yet, but the willingness is there, and for me, that's the beginning of it. I think most of the problem with players who don't play well off the ball is because they don't want to, right? And I could see him being okay with that. So his whole demeanor and mindset – feels good and and like like he told Slater like he know what's up he's not disillusioned about anything he knows he could be traded like he got his money and he's straight and he's being a professional I I respect that even if the elements of his game aren't showing up yet why do players hate playing off the ball because you look at how you're not not in control you can't control when you get it it's like being the same reason receivers are always unhappy in the NFL because you know you look at JJ Reddick's career and to be clear not everybody can do it like he can do it but it's a lot of work to get the ball. <laughs> it, it's it's strange more guys don't model their career that way. And say you definitely just, last longer though. You're right. You can you can add some years to your career if you play off the ball. That's probably one of the reasons Jamal Crawford's not in the league. Reggie Miller's career, how long it went, for instance. If you can play off the ball, if D'Angelo Russell is willing to learn that, it will only help his career anyway. Even if it's not with the words, he'll be able to go somewhere else, and he'll be able to be a more versatile player if he can do that. And 
I just don't know if they have the players for Steve to be able to take him off the ball enough. Like, they got to yeah. be able to do it. And it's Alec Burks who probably won't be on this team very much longer. I think my assessment of Russell is a bit better offensively than I thought and worse defensively. Yeah, he's just not going to be able to cut it on defense. <laughs> no. I don't know. Like, the willingness that I see just doesn't feel like it's there on defense. Yeah. And I don't think that they can win a championship with him – on the roster, and I could be wrong on about that. On the roster, wow. There's a world where, I know what you're saying, he makes a big chunk of money, which yeah. limits what you can do. Yes. But there is a world where if they're not held by this hard cap, where they could work a roster and he ends up becoming basically an expensive six man. Like that's, yeah. you can no, pull I, it off, I, they I, win I, a championship. Yeah, I wouldn't be, look, I, I could be wrong. This is just this is just what. But if I, he's a six man on a team, I you think, think you can win a championship? I'm just saying. I think the big game is to bundle him and something else. To Obviously, get no, question. no question. No question. But we're in this weird line zone where they can never say that's the big game. Where I'm just Warriors, saying, will they be able to get it? The very reason you're saying might be the reason they won't be able to do it. Yeah, I think so. But I think he's also demonstrated the kind of value that other GMs would be interested in. I'm I just saying. But let me answer me this: Do like, you I think? think if he was a six man on a team, can you win a championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that so. I think that's the answer is to figure out a way to work it. So he's basically. I think that it's 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 more difficult. I just I'm just remarking on the weird how funny it is that if we have Bob Myers on, Bob can't just be honest and say yes. Our primary hope would be that we get a superstar. Why do you extent. need him to say that if you know that's what it is? It's just funny that nobody could admit the the obvious truth that even D'Angelo Russell's aware of. It's yeah, he, even he admitted it. Yeah, it's funny. It's just it's, it's funny that everybody knows, but you know, and he'll say, but the other people who are in charge of the decision making will not and cannot. Who's next to go? That's a good question. Uh, I think I, I think uh, I think it might be uh, now that you have Damian Lee. I think it might be Jacob Evans. I mean, it's not been a good go of it. Nice, nice guy. He's got uh, one year left. They picked up his option, so he's got one year left. But it's really low. It's like two million dollars. Yeah, that should be easy to move. And you know, I, I it's it's one of the, they drafted him to be a sixteen game player because in college he had no obvious flaws, but maybe. The lesson to that is you need an obvious strength in order to succeed as an NBA player. You build your game against uh, around that obvious strength. And if, if you're just pretty good at everything. Or not making mistakes is not a strength, right? Yeah. Like not the ability to just be poised and have the ball, be on the court, and not turn it over or not take terrible shots is maybe not the strength <laughs> yeah. the Warriors thought it was, right? Because yeah. that's kind of what they wanted, a guy who they could put on the court and Steve Kerr won't get nervous because he has the ball in his hand. <laughs> and they were instantly disappointed with the return on it where uh, I was talking to Warriors people that first summer league, and it was just, man, this guy really can't shoot. That was the, that was the main takeaway. Um, the main takeaway was what was the evaluation that said he was going to be good? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like he, They, they kind of reached bad, for him. He had a bad, was it a hand injury? I yeah, think? yeah. So maybe that messed him up. And, you know, there's some sort of bulkiness on the on the follow-through. I actually yeah. like his mid-range now. I like his quick pull-up off the screen, that little 15-footer. Like He's pretty yeah. good at that. It's yeah, the three-ball, though. Yeah, the three-ball's a problem, and he doesn't have explosiveness. And so it just didn't really, it didn't really come together. Now, 
I haven't looked at that draft in a while. I don't know what the other options were that late in the draft. So maybe that's just typically what happened, you know? What draft was that, 2018? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And that, you know, you talk about explosiveness. That's one of the reasons I thought made Marquise Chris such a player you wanted. Like, they just don't have players who do that, right? No. <laughs> they just don't have players who will just no, bang on a dude. To be fair, they don't have players who do anything right now. I mean, they're really bad. No, right I'm just now. saying, like, moving, <laughs> like even when all the players are there, who's the player that's going to dunk on somebody? Like, who's that? Uh, who's the player that's going to finish I above mean, it's the Spellman. round? It's Spellman. Yes, Amari it's Spellman, right? That's who, exactly who it is. By the way, he he had a, he had a lot of fun dunking on uh, Jordan Bell. Oh yeah, that was that that yeah. <laughs> he, he was talking about that in the locker room. Let's see. So Jacob, why, Evans, why did he care? Why did he care about dunking on Jordan Bell? It was so it was so great. Well, about that. he felt like uh, Jordan Bell came over late was a little bit disrespectful. Like mm. like he would come over like he was gonna block this shot. He's like, you was late. You know, normally I guess you would say. You got that. I didn't get there in time. Go ahead and dunk it. But he came over like he was going to block it. And he was like, all right, I got something for you, youngster. <laughs> so, yeah, he was kind of, like, excited about that <laughs> in the locker room yeah. after the game. Let's Good see. for him. I oh, like, Omari like Spellman went after Jacob Evans. Oh, like you know who went after him? Who? That I like? Javon Carter. Oh, you love Javon Carter. Looks like he's 55 years old. Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Jalen Brunson's pretty good. Uh, so so there are some guys. Who Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. But when you're drafting that late, it's usually not going to work yeah, out. Yeah, it's a, it's a roll of the dice. Yeah, which, you know, Bob Myers. And uh, two, pick, two picks ahead of him was uh, Landry Shamit. So maybe they could move up. Remember how depressive Bob sounded after the latest draft? What was that? That was weird. Yeah, I do remember that. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe they'll work out. <laughs> All right, Warriors Plus Minus, we're back for 2020. We will holla at you next week.